Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning. Welcome everyone to the assembly today. We'd like to... Make sure we extend our welcome to all those listening online at this time. We really appreciate your um, your comments and, and all and uh, your support of, of what we do here. We're going to begin uh, Hebrews chapter 11 in our study. We've been through the first 10 chapters. I'd like to clarify one thing that was said last week that a couple of folks have made comment about. I made a comment seeing, uh, that was basically we're, we do not live, we are not under the Ten Commandments today. We're not judged on the Ten Commandments, uh, I believe, that we are, um, we live under the new commandment of Jesus. Um, John 15, John 15, verse 12 and 13. You want to get it up, Alex? Yeah, verse uh, 12 and 13. This is known as the new commandment. Because, of course, the, the... all things of Judaism were going to be rolled up as a scroll, but there is a new commandment that uh, is this. This is my command, that you love one another according as I did love you. Greater love than this hath no one, that anyone his life may lay down for his friends. And on it goes. But this is a new commandment. Um, Now, Here's the idea, the word love there. If you'll study the Ten Commandments, you'll find that they are a violation of love. A violation of loving God, loving your parents, loving your neighbor. They're a violation, and that's what it's about. And that's, this is the New Commandment. And believe me, the New Commandment uh, has uh, in reality is the ultimate command and it's you know it's easy to say not that easy to live love overall that's what it's about and that's what that's what my intent was on that uh, not to make uh, belittle the ten commandments or anything of the sort remember the law is 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 the law is spiritual the law is the royal law it was from heaven and what it was was god's uh god's law for the people under the first covenant bringing them to the new covenant 
which we are always expressing here, uh, the understanding, not dispensationalism, but the idea of a different uh, God's workings amongst people in his way under certain covenants, this more covenant relationship. So we have patriarchal, the, the law, the, the, the first covenant, and the new covenant, which is the kingdom of God in which there is no end. We don't have to worry about another covenant coming our way, friends. This is the kingdom of God that Daniel saw, that King Nebuchadnezzar saw, the, the, the um, kingdom that has no end, that no one will overwhelm or inherit uh, in, in a way through uh, the physical taking of it. So, we begin today our study of Hebrews chapter 11, which is known, of course, as the faith chapter, but there's a, there's a lot in there. Um, let me uh, share with you a quote. Faith is trust, and trust is a must to the child of God. Guy E. Humphreys, on one of his treatises, uh, this was a treatise on faith. He wrote a a treatise that was published, and you know, and uh, this is how he started it. As the old-time preacher that he was, uh, from uh, two generations removed um, from today, uh, at least, um, they did everything. They tried to make a poem out of everything uh, that you would remember it, and a, and a statement brief as it could be to make the point. So we find all those words there, faith, trust, and, uh, and, and they're, they're synonymous in many ways. Now, there are three elements of faith, as I see it, uh, that are expressed in these verses, but they're not expressed with all these words that I'm going to say in the three elements. We'll read them too. But let me, let me share with you this first. So the first element, I think, is the fully conceived acknowledgement of God's revelation, his revelation, that is, through his word. That's our Bibles. A fully conceived acknowledgement. That's where a person needs to be when they claim to be faithful to God. Number two, a self-surrendering fellowship with the truth. Now, the truth is God's truth, which is the only truth. We live in a society that has situational truth. Uh, truth is true here, but maybe not. No, no, no. Truth is always true. It's always the truth. Uh, there's different words for what people are trying to express there. Self-surrendering fellowship. That means you live within these boundaries of God's Word, and this is the adhesion that we find people with God and God's ways. Third, a fully assured and unswavering trust in the God of heaven and salvation through His Son, Jesus Christ. All this are, I get, are elements of faith, and I think there is, this is very good. You could go on and on with this, but the idea is there is a brief understanding, I think a powerful understanding, 
But note, this faith, as the Christian has it, goes far beyond the Greek concept of just a trusting nature. You see, in the Greek literature of before the New Testament and things, this idea uh, had the, 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 the capability of uh, being understood as a trusting nature, was a faithful person. And, um, but they weren't considering the God of heaven. And the requirements of faith in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, in Christ, is a, a higher calling, if you will. So let's look at Hebrews uh, 11, just the first three verses, as uh, Young's literal translation has it. <clears throat> I was looking at this verse 1 and where the punctuation is. Uh, I, I, I didn't like where it was punctuated, but here's how I would read it. And faith is of things hoped for, a confidence of matters not seen, a conviction for in this were the elders testified of. In faith, we understand the ages to have been prepared by a saying of God in regard to the things seen not having come out of things appearing. Now, those are the three powerful verses uh, concerning in, in the faith. And... Uh, Alex, can you go to the Greek on verse 3? Yeah. Yeah, you had it there just a minute. No, I want to look at the very first part of verse 3. Okay, now we have the word through, um, neither, the, the word through is not in there, uh, but they use the word by every time. Now, through is far a far better concept uh, because, you know, some folks feel that faith is a, is, is you're zapped with faith. Well, I don't believe that, so it wouldn't be, it's not by faith is misleading. It's in faith, or through faith, we could say either, even though it's not in the text. And we'll find that here in Hebrews. Um, and, and that's a, you'll see that the word there is just faith. The Greek word is faith. It doesn't have the other ones. So we can read it. I, I, I usually, uh, like in some of my Bibles, I put the word in because as we read it in English, it, it, it helps, okay? I like the word through better. <clears throat> but in faith, or through faith, we understand the ages to have been prepared by a saying of God. That is, God spoke it into existence, right? In regards to the things not seen having come out of things appearing. God made what, what we see with our eyes and what we understand <coughs> through our faith. All of it was made from what we would say from nothing. Now, even that we can't actually know. What's nothing? You know, we can't find nothing anywhere in our lives. We can't 
there's no way for us to see it. You know, we think there's nothing. Uh, you can walk into an empty room and we can say there's nothing in there. Well, that's crazy. There's all kinds of things in there. But you see how we, how we do with, with that sort of concept. But God has made the things that we see not from things that were. Now, I make things from a pile of metal and so a few things, put it together and make something that can be used. That's making something. That, that's not what God did here during creation um, at all. So we have this idea of the nature, the nature of faith, its substance. That, and to, to understand the nature of anything is to get a real understanding of, of the topic, you know, the nature of God, the nature of, of uh, the Son of God, the, the, whole, the nature of, of all that, uh, that we find is very important. This nature of faith has certain properties that is trying to be expressed here in these verses. Certain properties, I went through three of them here, and those are all speaking about those properties of faith. Faith is not merely an idea that comes into your thinking. But some feel it is. Uh, but I, I don't believe that's the process. Um, there are there is evidence and substance to our faith. If it is to last and endure, it must have a foundation. And by the way, the words, um, uh, the word, the, the Greek words here in the first three verses, uh, some of them have the idea of a foundation, a a base a base thought. These are the foundations of the things of God that we can know God. And uh, to be, to understand or be a part of the nature of faith is um, our faith is truly who we are in the, in the creation that God has made, including ourselves. That's who we, we truly are with the concept of faith, the nature of faith. Now, there's an idea of confident assurance. And you'll go to different Bible versions and different uh, uh, translators have put different words in here uh, for these sorts of versions, uh, for these sorts of uh, concepts to do with faith. And faith is of things hoped for. You know, well... That, that's a real important thought, isn't it? We're hoping for it. That, but faith is that, you see. A confidence. A confident assurance of what? Of the promises of God. The things that God has said. God has declared. You know, Genesis 1.1 1, 1 is, not, is, not, is, is not a technical manual. God declares to everyone reading those words or hearing them that he is the creator. That's a declaration. It doesn't have an explanation. There's no apology. There's no uh, list of, of uh, elements there that he, how he did it all. 
I think he knows better than, than we that it would be beyond us anyway. So we have confident assurance of the promises of God because we've seen the promises of God being, being fulfilled through the centuries, through the years in our Bible. And we can even see it in the secular history itself as far as that goes. Uh, even in reference to the Bible or not in reference to the Bible. That's how we, we are confident of the things that God has said, his promises, through faith, not sight. That's what faith is. Eyes are not necessary to believe that something exists, even though we can't see it, even though it uh, the evidence or the substance of the things not seen that are truly that truly have happened or tre- truly exist. Those are the things, friends, that um, that are part of our faith. We can't lay hands on it, but we can believe it, and we can trust in God's word. Now, when I got to this. Uh, idea of faith that I've talked on so many times in all the years that I preached uh, I um, recently within the last four or five years I bought a book uh, that's the quotable Lewis I think it's called uh, or the quotations of C.S. Lewis but I went to that and he's got it many little sayings but I like the brief ones I like the brief ones not, not the long-winded, because many of his sayings are sections of letters that he's wrote to people and things. But I like the ones that were brief, um, such as this one that he wrote in 1955, which was getting pretty near the end of his days. He wrote, We trust not because a God exists, but because this God exists. You see the idea there? It's not, just, it's not just a wispy uh, thought of a God somewhere, which has been, by the way, people know there's a God. Romans chapter 1 makes it clear that humans know there's a creator. They may not know what to call uh, the creator, but nonetheless they know that they are created. We know that within us. That's a God. But we are talking about this God, the God of the Bible. That's where we need to be. Because we can go anywhere with a God, but this God is important. And C.S. Lewis really had it nailed there. Now my observation is then that faith must be strong enough to remain unfrettered in any circumstances that we may over that we may come to and we're going to all come to circumstances friends <laughs> you don't have to live very long in this world before you understand there are uh, some pretty powerful circumstances that are trying to drive you or or take you for a ride more to the more to the point down a road that you don't want to go your faith must you must uh, re- you must re- resist and you must rely on your faith of God and the promises of God to exist 
and, and, and survive those experiences. And these things will pass. Um, one of the finest things uh, that, I was, uh, that um, I was given as advice was given to me by my father-in-law, Kathy's dad. And he told me, and I had never really heard anybody say it before. He says, um, the, all of the, uh, how did he express it? The really good things that you think are going to happen n- never really happen to the fullest extent. And the bad things that you're worrying about never really turn out to be that bad. Now that comes from a life lived, a life lived well. He saw these things through life, and this is true, you know, but this is what we do inside of us, you know. Uh, I, I mean, I run into it every day. People, you got these big plans and big hopes that are unrealistic, you know, and and they never really, you know, uh, and on the other hand, the same way. I live there, uh, worrying about the worst that can happen, but it doesn't really happen. So I, I think my father-in-law maybe had something in, in in his mind when he was telling me that. Nonetheless, uh, I think this is very true, and it really, this is who we are as the people of God. We're faithful. We understand what that word faith means. It's not blind faith. You see, blind faith is what is what uh, Christians and Bible believers are accused of, blind faith. I want to tell you, my faith is a very educated faith from a lot of long years and a lot of ex- exposure to the truth of God. That's not a blind faith, friends. That's an educated faith. That's a faith that has real substance and I have an understanding, uh, especially from the Greek language, that the idea of the, the strongest form of seeing something is not accomplished with your eyes. And the Bible proves that in a number of places. When you absolutely understand and know that something is, it has occurred or will occur, it's not with your eyes. And I, I had heard, before I really had a real understanding of that from the Greek language, um, I used to hear about policemen that would take, they see an accident, they'd show up and they'd ask three people or whatever what they saw, the so-called eyewitnesses. You can't get two stories that are anywhere close. But they all saw something, from, but from their perspective, right? They might have even had a little bias here or there. Uh, they, they may not have liked that young whippersnapper that, you know, you never know. But that's, you see, that was their eyewitness testimony. The last thing is the necessity of faith. We can get... Let's do this quickly, Um, and we're going to find it in verses 4 through 7. Through faith, 
A better sacrifice did Abel offer to God than Cain, through which he was testified to be righteous, that is, Abel. God testified of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, doth yet speak. See, the blood of Abel still speaks today. That's what the Bible says, and so it does. Verse 5. Through faith, Enoch was translated, not to see death, and was not found because God did translate him. For before his translation, he had been testified to that he had pleased God well. And by the way, to please God, we're going to find in verse 6, is, is to be faithful. Through faith, through faith, you will please God. You will not please him with, without faith, no matter what you do. We'll read that in the next verse. And apart from faith, the apart from faith, it is impossible to please well. For it behooveth him who is coming to God to believe that he is, and to those seeking him, he becometh a rewarder. That's a very well-known verse. Verse 6, but apart from faith. In other words, everything else you could do, like you could build, you could uh, donate the money to build a cathedral, but if you are not a faithful person, if you do not believe that God is, if you're only building that cathedral because you think maybe he is, but I really don't believe it, but I'll just give the money, maybe uh, somehow this will work out for, no, no. Those things are meaningless to God because only your faith is important. It is impossible to please well, that is God, apart from faith. Because those coming to God must believe that he is, and those seeking him, he becometh a rewarder. Diligently seeking him, they become a rewarder. Verse 7, an illustration. By faith Noah, having been divinely warned concerning the things not yet seen, having feared, did prepare an ark to the salvation of his house, through which he did condemn the world, and of the righteousness according to faith, he became heir. So Noah was a righteous man according to faith. That's how he was righteous, not apart from it. And he became an heir, an, an heir to, to the creation, the world. God's people were, were approved through faith in the past also. As it says, the elders or the saints, the saints, the Old Testament saints, the New Testament, everyone is approved through faith. The same faith requirement for the human race from Adam all the way down. Why did Cain and Abel have that experience? Because Abel's Abel's offering was from his heart to a God he believed in. Cain's offering was from compulsion. 
I'm not saying he didn't believe in God. He, uh, he did. He had every testimony uh, that you could have. And yet he, he did so and it was not pleasing. It was not through faith. God did not reward him, but offered him a chance to improve. Unfortunately, he didn't take it. From the very beginning, the human race was commanded to, uh, to believe in God's word, either the spoken word, uh, as Adam heard God speak in the, uh, concerning the garden, concerning the, uh, the uh, fruit that he was not to take. You see, believing God's word is where our faith begins. Disbelief is rebellion towards God. When we disbelieve God, we rebel against him. Sometimes we don't even know it because we didn't know that that was not pleasing to God. But we're doing these things apart from faith. As I started this lesson, if we do things in love, we'll not violate the things that, that, that are unloving. If we do things through faith, we will not, vi- we will not become rebellious. Hebrews 11 makes it sure. God requires faith in those seeking him. Now, why must we seek him? I hear people all the time telling me that God found them. No, that's not the process. You won't find that anywhere in the Bible. We are to seek our God. He is not seen. No man has seen him. Moses saw the image of him going away in a in a uh, in a cloud of it, uh, but no man is, is will live seeing God. That's not the point. God is is not seen. Why? Because that would violate the idea of faith. That would violate it. And friends, we can't violate that. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. He that draws near and seeks God must believe that he is. And God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not only those that have a gifted mind and many abilities, but all that seek him through faith. All. These other things are meaningless. The example, of course, was Noah. He was faithful, he was righteous, and that pleased God. And through that, his whole family was saved. As it says, he was inherited righteousness through his faith, and he was pleasing God. And we're out of time today, but if you want to read about Noah, read Genesis chapter 6, and you'll, you'll get the whole account. You'll get the things that God has said, the condition of the world, what God said about it, and what Noah was given to do. You see, God, Noah was in harmony with God's words and God's way. We need to be, always be in harmony with God's word and God's way. You know, we see, Roger points out here a number of times that the things that we read in the Bible, we're not in harmony the way we ought to be. 
And we do pick and choose, don't we? Um, well, we have to be aware of violations in love, violations of our faith. And we need to be on guard. I wouldn't be too much worried about a virus, but I would be worried about the, the big virus, and that's us departing from the truth of God. That's a sickness too. That's called sin sick. And it is deadly in this life and the one to come. Let's make sure that we are found worthy of all of these, this knowledge and make sure that others have a chance to get well through Christ. Those would be my words for today. We pray that uh, they are useful to you. Our closing song is Down at the Cross. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.